Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. (laughs) Come on, Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to Transformation this morning. It is good to be in the house of God with you. I uh, am excited about what God's already doing today. We had an amazing first service. Several of your brothers and sisters said yes to Jesus, gave their life to the Lord online and in the house. So that is awesome. We get excited about that. And in worship, you guys sound like the loud and rowdy bunch. So I'm, I'm pumped up for that. I'm on the 830. They were hard to preach to. Y'all going to help me out today? And uh, I, listen, you get, get re- heaven is going to be loud and rowdy. And so y'all just get ready. Uh, you're practicing uh, for heaven. We are in a series called Light, and we've been looking at just what light means to us, how, how important light is. And even as we were worshiping today, I just want to encourage somebody in here, uh, your, your situation, like you've been trying to figure it out in the natural, you've been trying to figure it out, like how's this going to work out? Can I just tell you that God reminded me, I want to remind you, that this faith is supernatural, that what we believe is supernatural, that, that Christmas is supernatural. That a child being born to a virgin and coming across the universe and being born king and God is supernatural. And so there's some things that I believe God wants to do for you this season that are supernatural that you don't have a natural answer for. And so just re-engage your faith with a supernatural God, if you will, for me. Put your heart and belief in things that could happen that are beyond your understanding. Is that good? Jesus is here and anything can happen. And I believe that your situation can turn around today. We've been praying and believing for it. Uh, The series, we've looked at Jesus saying that you're the light of the world. Uh, In Matthew 5, he says, you are the light of the world. If you're a believer, if you have Christ in your life, if you've surrendered to him, you're the light of the world. Literally, that means you're the only light of the planet. That when the world is dark, you actually, as a believer, are the only light of the world. That no matter what else is out there, you are the only light of the world. And the word light is actually photograph. You're a photograph of Jesus. The world is looking for a photo of Jesus. They're looking for hope. They're looking for light. They're looking for life. And so we explored that week one. Last week, we looked at the thought of our eye being the lamp of the body. That if if darkness is what we take into the eye, then how dark is that darkness? We looked at that in the book of John. And and think about it. Uh, When you go to a movie, uh, you get kind of accustomed to the darkness in there. So when you leave the movie, you can barely walk. We talked about that. It's like, I went to a movie with my wife a couple days ago. Could barely stand up. Like, I don't know why I forget how to walk when I leave a movie. Anybody else? And so I'm walking out, and it's because I've got accustomed to darkness. I've got uh, adjusted to the dark in the room. And so it's hard to navigate. Many of us get adjusted. And I don't mean some kind of gross sin or some kind of horrific thing, uh, but I mean just the darkness that's in the world, just the news, just social media, just the divide, just the politics, just the division, just all the stuff. We get adjusted to it, and it becomes normal uh, in in our vision. And so if that is what we're constantly taking in, how dark is that darkness in our life. We need to really look at light, look at the word, look at the, the scriptures. And we talked about that last week. And then this week, I want to look in John uh, chapter eight, where Jesus makes an audacious proclamation. He says that I am the light of the world. He says literally uh, that his title, uh, one of them is I am the light of the world. And so we're going to look at Jesus being the light of the world today. I'm going to start with two verses, John chapter eight, verse two and verse 12. And then I'll uh, hit some of the story in between at the end. In John 8, 2, it says this, At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts. Uh, Early in the morning, they'd been partying for seven days. It was a big feast called the Feast of Tabernacles. And it says that at dawn, Jesus comes up and awakes up on the eighth day, and he appears in the temple courts again where all the people gathered around him. There's thousands of people around him early in the morning. 
at dawn. Come on. Early church is okay. Come on, somebody. Uh, they're at dawn gathering around Jesus, and he sat down to teach them. Jump to first, verse 12. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. My thought today that I want to preach from is just the light of the world, the light of the world. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for light. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you. Um, It's about you. We want you. We want your light. We want your life. There's so many things that sometimes are dark, can be a shadow, uh, can be um, just depressing in this world, in this age. Lord, we want light today. Thank you that you crossed the universe. You came into a manger. Something so holy as you was born in something so dirty as a manger. Thank you that holy stuff can live inside unholy people. Thank you today, God, that you uh, decided to live inside of us. We give you access to our heart today. Lord, let your light shine into any area that needs light today. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. The the light of the world. Have you ever in your life just uh, gotten it wrong? Like just thought one thing and, and ended up getting it wrong? Come on, anybody in here got it wrong? Come on, every day I'm apologizing to my wife, like, I got that wrong, babe. Uh, I got that wrong, babe. You know, and even if I'm not wrong, I got that wrong, babe. And uh, that's wise tip right there. And and so sometimes you just get it wrong. Years ago, we would vacation in Melbourne, Florida, and we'd go there every year with my whole family, and we, we loved Melbourne. For some reason, I found out that Melbourne was the shark attack capital of the world, uh, you know, and, and, and right up the, the, the street at Cocoa Beach. And so, for, and I don't know about you, but it, whenever I go to the beach, it's always Shark Week. Anybody? <laughs> and I get pulled into the, to, to the, to Shark Week National Geographic, watching people getting eaten alive and then going out to the beach every day. It's torture. I don't know why I do it. And uh, something's intriguing. I don't know. And, I, and so we're out at the beach one afternoon, and uh, my kids and I are in the beach. My wife's on the, uh, or in the water. My wife's on the beach. And um, there's families. It's not packed, but there's families up and down uh, the beach and the water and whatnot. And, and, and I'm facing out to the Atlantic, and my kids are out there, and I'm probably waist deep. And I look down probably to where that wall is, maybe a little bit further, and I begin to see people kind of a little stir. It's a little, a little anxiousness. I could feel, you know, you could just feel, I just feel it. I'm like, oh. And I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a head on a swivel out there. I've been watching Shark Week. You know what I mean? They're coming inland. You know, I'm, I've seen it. And so I, I'm, 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 they, I'm watching. And like parents start getting their kids close. And they kind of start walking out of the water. And I look and I see this shadow. And it's this giant shadow. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, uh, I'm like, kids, 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 come get a little closer. And then I just, this shadow, I'm thinking like, that's not, you know, it's a school of fish. The shadow is a little bigger. It's all, the shadow's moving, just slowly moving down the water. I'm like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. I'm like, and, and they're getting out. I'm like, you don't want to be the guy at the beach that yells shark. You can't, I mean, I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't yell it. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of in fear. I'm in awe. I'm like, uh, and this thing's moving closer. I'll get my, I'm like, kids, 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 kids. Come on, come on, out, out, out. And we get, I'm getting them out of the water. We're getting up like into the, into like ankle deep. I'm looking, and there's other families. I'm like, do I let them die? Do I yell shark? Do I infringe on their vacation? You know, what am I, what do I do right now? I don't, I don't know what to do. You don't yell fire in a theater, you know, even if it's like, you got to know. You got to 100%. I gotta be 100%, right? I'm like, ah. And so I, and it gets close. And finally, I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, sir, chill, get your chill. Sh- 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 shark. Shark. And, and they, start, they start getting, they're like, oh, panic kind of ensues. They get their kids up out. And, I'm, and it gets closer and it gets bigger and it's, it's slower. And all of a sudden, somebody's like, it's a sea cow. 
It's a manatee. I'm like, ah, oh. like, sea cow. You know, I'm embarrassed. I still got the adrenaline going. I'm like, I knew it all along. Sea cow. Pet it, kids. You know, kids start going out to pet it. You know, they're just, they're petting the thing. I'm like, oh, God, it's so wrong. I, I think so often with God, we get it wrong. We think that he's this shark coming to eat us. I think that he, we, we think that he's coming to expose us and that light's coming to, to shame us and that he's a, he wants to come devour our life in a way or he's disappointed with us. And so often we get it wrong with God. We, we think that he's this God that wants to hurt us. And he's like, I'm not coming to hurt you. I'm the light of the world. I, I'm coming to give you healing and to give you light and to give you life. Please don't stay away from the light. Don't run from the light. Run into the light because I want to give you life. I think Jesus is saying here, I'm the light of the world. I'm not coming to hurt you. I'm coming to give you light. And to understand John 8, you've got to know what's happening in John 7. It's, an, it's a crazy setting. Jesus is the best preacher on the planet. And so he begins to say some things intentionally in specific spots. The Feast of Tabernacles is taking place in John 7. John 7, there's a week-long party and they, they have seven days where they put these tabernacles on top of their houses and they do that in memory or remembering that God had them, uh, gave them shelter in the wilderness. When all of God's people were in the wilderness, they lived in shelters and so they build these shelters on top of their houses and they didn't live in the house that week, they lived on the shelters, in the shelters and they, and they partied and had this festivity all week long. If you know the story, Jesus is at that party and at the end of seven days, when everybody's feasted, everybody's had all, their, all to drink and all that they could celebrate, hanging out, having the best meals and the big party celebration, he shows up and it says, on the last and great day of the feast, day seven, Jesus goes and stands at a place and says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink, for out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, which he'll never thirst again if you come and drink for me. What you got to know about where he was standing was this, that every morning the priests would go and take water from the pool of Siloam, and then they would go and take that water and dump that water out on the west side of the brazen altar. It was in remembrance or in, in memory of God supplying water for them in the wilderness. And so Jesus goes to the place where they're doing this memorial of God supplying water in the wilderness, and he stands there and says, if any man thirsts, I'm the water. You'll never thirst again. And so the, 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 the party ensues, and it ends that night, and then we get into, into chapter 8. There, there's a candelabra that would be set up in the middle of that festival as well. And the candelabra, there were four candelabras, and they would set them up in the middle of Jerusalem, and they would light those every day. And literally, all of Jerusalem would be lit up, and you could see this light from anywhere in the city. So all God's people could see that. So it's day eight now. It's at dawn. Jesus walks out to where that candelabra would have been, would have been lit. The candles are still up, but the light is out. you got to get the scene. And all of a sudden, the sun's coming up, and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He's like, yeah, this is cool that you've got this water, and you're remembering that, and if, you, if you'll come to me, I'm the water. Oh, and this is cool. The candelabra is neat, and you're remembering that. And I know that God led you with light in the wilderness. And, but besides that, forget that. I am the light. And he begins to give us this picture of light and darkness. And if God's people there, of, of, of all people, would understand what it means to, to know light and to see light, that's the setting. Jesus is the greatest preacher of all time. He's using this scenario on purpose to tell us who he is and so that we can kind of experience him, not just know about him, but go, okay, wow, he's actually the water. Okay, wow, he's actually the light of the world. Christmas is about his light. And so, so 
I think that it's important to know what happens when light shows up. I'm going to give you three thoughts. And, and, and the Jews would have known when Jesus begins to talk about the light of the world, they would have understood from creation how important light was. The story of Genesis and, and what light did in Genesis, the, the contrast between evil and good. It was such a, a, a parable of, of light and darkness all through the scripture. So when Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, he's literally going back to creation, going back to Genesis, talking about who he is. Look at Genesis 1, 1 through 3 with me. And this is what really we know about light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. You got to catch the, the station or the scenario in the planet at this time. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. The state of the universe after God even created it was void, <clears throat> formless, dark. And God speaks light. He says, Let there be light. It's amazing that God's first interaction with creation is light. God's first interaction with your situation, your scenario, he wants it to be light. He wants to put light in the situation that you think is too dark. He wants to speak light into your marriage that you think can't turn around. He wants to speak hope. He wants to give you a light so you can actually see a way out of your situation. And he does that with his creation when there's things that are void or formless or dark. God says, let there be light. I want to prophesy to somebody today, light's coming on your situation this year. Light's, light is going to beam into your heart, into your mindset, into your attitude, into your paradigm. Come on, as you get Jesus, as you walk up under his light, can I tell you that holiness isn't the goal? Jesus is the goal. You get Jesus, you get holiness. Faith isn't the goal. Jesus is the goal. And if you, if you follow him and you get in his light, all of a sudden things begin to happen. The situation in the planet, even at creation, listen, the situation with humanity is the same. Without form. Void and dark. Look what it says in Isaiah 9, verse 2. This is a Christmas verse. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The world is in the same condition, guys. Sometimes our own hearts, even as believers, sometimes we're in the same condition. There's times in my life I'm in the same condition. Even as a believer, as a pastor, there's times things could be dark. There's times things, things could feel void. There's times things could seem formless in my life, and, and I need light in my life. I need Christmas. I need Jesus. I need the light of his word, the light of his spirit, the light of brothers and sisters, the light of each other, the light of you in my life. I need the light of God. And this, this is three things I believe that happen when light shows up. It's, it happened in creation, and I, I believe it happens for us today. Number one, we go from formless to formed. When light, when light shows up, we go from being formless in our life to being formed, literally having no structure to having structure. Light actually brings structure into our life. That apart from Jesus, let me just say this, you are unformed apart from Jesus. That you can go about all the, the, the classes and colleges and all the, all, all the seminars you can do, but you are unformed. Apart from Jesus, the Bible says, don't be conformed to the world, but be formed into the image of Jesus. That the Holy Spirit is literally forming you and I into the image of God. As we walk in light, as we follow Jesus, we're being formed. And I want to encourage some of you today, you're so hard on yourself. You, you, you beat yourself up so much, you just wish you were further along. I just need to be further down the path. Can somebody crank a little air on for me? It'd be awesome. Light is good, but air is better. Come on, in Jesus' name. <laughs> you need both to live. Uh, I think that literally the power of 
of light in your life, forming things in your life, are, are so, is so valuable. Listen, listen, listen. If you, if you always think you should be further down the road and you're beating yourself up and you wish you were stronger and you wish you, wish you were more spiritual and you just wish you were, and you're trying to willpower yourself into all that stuff and the more you want to do that, you, the, more, the more you actually hide from the light when you think you should be further down the road. Because then you have this concept that, man, I, I, I'm not, God's not pleased. With, I should be further down. And so you stay away from the light. And the reality is we're just called to come into the light and let the light do its work. Let Jesus do his work. We should enjoy the process. Does that make sense? Yeah. Qu- quit beating yourself up. Come on. You weren't born doing push-ups. You didn't come out, of the, come out of the womb like just lifting weights and running marathons. You came out and you had to grow physically. You had to grow emotionally. You had to grow spiritually. You ate food. You stayed healthy. You had family and brothers and sisters and people. And Okay, you can walk. Okay, you can crawl. Okay, we can run. There's this process. And I want to encourage you today. You are being formed in the light. Don't run from light. Many, many times we run from light. I, I, I tell a story. Years ago, I was... In construction, I did uh, industrial flooring uh, before I became the pastor here. It was a little season of grace, I call it. I was doing industrial flooring in food and pharmaceutical industry, and we put in epoxy and resinous flooring. And we had to do the, 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 the plant or the cafeteria and all the commissary at Oak Ridge, a team of mine. We won the bid, and we came up, and we were putting in uh, flooring up there, and we were putting in these wall systems where they ate. And so it was a giant construction project, and so on this project... Um, I had won the bid. We had won the bid. There were five of us. We had four days to put the floor in, four days to put the mesh on the walls and put the resinous systems all on the walls and get everything ready in our time frame so other contractors could finish their work. We were a subcontractor. So when we got there, uh, they had two little teeny lights, little construction lights, little tiny lights like that in the room. The room's lighting was not working yet because it was still under construction. And so they made us, you're in construction, you know what I'm talking about. You guys are sharks sometimes. And so you, you made, you made, not you, but some of y'all, uh, you, you made, they made, not you, they, uh, they made me put the, put the flooring system and the, and the wall system in in the dark because there were no lights. And so four days after we got the flooring system in, the superintendent of the project comes in with a big giant spotlight, turns all the light, the lights are on by this time, four days over, and begins to inspect the walls on his back. Oh, look at this. There's a problem here. Oh, look at this. There's a problem there. Oh, you didn't do this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Time out, buddy. I was like, you cannot make us do the work in the dark and judge us in the light. You can't do that. I was like, if you, if you want to judge and pick apart every mistake, then you're going to let us have five more days to actually do it in the light that you want to inspect it in. And we did. Here's the thing. Many of you think that God wants to keep you in the dark and judge you in the light. That, that, that you don't have any light, that you're just in the dark. You're just trying to be formed and figure out this Christianity thing on your own. And God's bringing light and judging you and picking apart every detail. Can I tell you, that's the devil. The devil wants to keep you in the dark and judge you in the light. Make you feel accused with the light of God. Make you feel accused coming to church. Make you feel bad. That's what the devil does. God and Jesus want to actually keep you in the light, following him, and defend you in the dark. Come on, Jesus wants to defend us in the dark. And if we think it's opposite, if we get it wrong, if we think he's a shark coming to get us, we'll hide from light. We'll stay away from light. We'll never run into the light that actually helps us form the things that God wants us to form in our life. I hope I'm helping somebody today. You can actually go from being unformed to being formed when you walk into the light of God. Quit stressing. Quit trying to get further. You are, you are further than you used to be. 
You're doing amazing in Jesus' name. You're here today up under light. Come on, God's working in you. If you don't feel like you're worth anything, you are worth Jesus. God gave his son. If you don't feel like you've ever won anything, you won the original race to get here. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's science in Jesus' name. I mean, you are valuable. You're a champion. You are worthy. Quit beating yourself up. Number two, when light shows up, we go from void to value. We go from void to value. I think sometimes we're waiting for a, a bank account number to feel value. I think sometimes we're waiting for a corner office or control or power. I think for me, there's things in my life that I'm waiting to achieve until I receive value and I can feel void apart from certain things. And so the reality is, man, uh, you, when you get light, you get value. The earth was without value. It was void. And when Jesus shows up, you get this new heart. You get this new life. You're not seduced by success any longer. It's actually beginning to be value based on the light that Jesus is and what he shines into your life. Uh, it's not about all the other things that I can get in my life. I'm still going to feel void. No matter, remember, remember before you were saved? Before you met Christ, how uh, discontent you were? Like you had to always feel something. Sometimes we get saved and can still feel that way. And, and it's really because we have a light. Uh, 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 we, we're missing light. We're lacking light. Like I need light every day to have value in my life. I don't need to go weeks at a time. We talked about it last week in Alaska. When it's dark for half the year, people are depressed. Suicide goes up. Depression goes up when there's darkness. Chaos goes up. Man, I need light every day to have the value of God in my life. And, and there's nothing I can fill in here. That, listen, Ecclesiastes 3, 3.11 says there's an eternal hole in your heart. There's an eternity in your heart. The only thing that can fill eternity is eternity. The only thing that can bring value and fill the gap of eternity is something eternal. And so I've got to have the light of God. I heard the story about Tom Brady. Come on, anybody heard of Tom Brady? <laughs> the greatest of all time. I, I don't like him. I don't want to say, hey, that's a heavy, strong word in church. I don't like him. Be honest in church. He's not my favorite quarterback, but he's the best. He's the greatest. When he had, when he had three Super Bowl rings, it was recorded. He had, I don't know, does he have six now? I don't know. Somebody's like, oh, I can't, a quick count. You know, he, I think he has six now. Is that right? Is it six? Six rings. Seven rings. All right, come on. I know, I know the fans we're, we're, when, they're, when they're here. Come on, Brady fans. Uh, he, 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 when he had three, he said this. He goes, you know, I've got three Super Bowl rings, and you think I would be happy. He said, you know, it doesn't seem like it's all it's cracked up to be. He says, is this all there is? Think about it. The dude's better looking than any of us, guys, anyway. <laughs> He's married to a supermodel. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars in his account. 70 to 80, he says, I'm not going to say that in church. He's got seven. He's got 70 to 80,000 people chanting his name every week with, with his name written on their clothing. He, he, he has, he's the best on the planet out of 6 billion people. They're building statues of him. Come on, no one's building a statue of me after I preach today. No little kids are growing up going, I want to market like he markets. Build a statue of him. No, nobody, you know, here's the guy, 70,000 worshipers every week chanting his name. He's got everything. And he says, is this all it is? What I'm trying to say is if that guy can feel that way, I mean, how much more is the void in our life? How much more do we need something other than all those things to bring value? 
I've just, I want to encourage you today at this Christmas season, like focus back in on light. Focus back in on what brings sight. Sight, Light gives way to sight. Like you can see right. You can get perspective. Like, thank you, God. I was just, this is weird, but I was just staring at the moon a couple nights ago going, thank you for light at night. Like this is wild. I mean, like I don't have to be out here in the dark. Like, thank God. You put a moon up there. It's just weird. Like think about light. Like, whoa, we got a moon, you know. I just be back in awe of light. I get value in light, man. I just want to encourage you. Let light just shed into your world and watch what God would do. And then number three, this is so important for somebody today. We go from darkness to destiny. When light shows up, when light comes into my scene, I get a new heart. I get a new life. I get light. Listen, I don't have to have any secrets. I'm not, listen, I'm not going to pass the mic today and have you tell all your secrets. Don't worry. Uh, that's next week. No, I'm just kidding. We're online next week. Uh, you know, I, I just want you to know, you, when light shows up, you don't have to feel like God is exposing you and accusing you. You actually can feel like he's actually giving you destiny, destroying darkness and, and giving you destiny. That, that We don't have to think he's a shark. When I don't feel that way, I can actually run into the light. I don't have to have secrets. Like you might not think, your, your wife might not know, there's no darkness in him. Your kids might not know, there's no darkness in him. Your coworkers might not know, there's no dark. He knows all. We can actually take the mask off and begin to be real with the right people and remove the, the, the shark mentality that God wants to hurt me and accuse me. And when I step into light, now I have no secrets. I can have the right people around me and I can actually be free. You, you, know, what, you know what happens when you wear a mask and when, you are, are, um, when you're projecting with secrets or when you're living in darkness? Let me say it this way. When you're living that way, you actually enslave yourself further because you feel like people only love the projected you. And so you know you're projecting something that's not real, and so you feel like people are only in love or really like the projected you, and so you know that that love subconsciously, you feel like they don't really love the real you. So now you can't actually receive love and connection and community because you think it's all fake. And it further enslaves you to cover up and to keep walls up and to be fake and not be real and stay away from the light. But if you would just walk into the light, all of a sudden God begins to destroy darkness. It's a beautiful story. It's the last story I want to tell you today. And it's really where a lot of us find ourselves at times when we're in darkness. And darkness is destroyed by light. Jesus is telling this story. He tells the story. He makes the statement, I'm the light of the world on the heels, on the heels of this woman being caught in adultery. Many of you have heard the story. It's the darkest day of her life. It's the, it's the worst scenario you could imagine. In Jewish culture, if she gets caught in adultery, she can be stoned and killed. Every legal right to stone her and kill her. The Bible says that these Pharisees, these religious elite, these, these really bad people were, were trying to catch her in, in the act, and, and they did. They waited. I mean, how much time do they have on their hands? They're like, okay, we're going to catch them now. You know, it's like, what do they do all day? It's like, get a job, you know. Where about your own life? And, and they're waiting for her. And she goes in and it says they catch her in the act of adultery and they drag her to the middle of this town square in the middle of the city where Jesus was. And as they drag her, she's probably unclothed, has no clothing. She's wrapped in probably some type of sheet if she could have got it. They caught her in the act. I mean, isn't it a double standard? They don't bring the guy, obviously. You know, it's like such a double standard. They bring and drag the woman there, but they leave the guy. They're just trying to catch Jesus in a double standard. And they drag this woman in front of them and they cast her into the ground. And I can imagine, I mean, this is the darkest moment of her life. She's on the ground. 
She's waiting to actually begin to be hit by stones. Any moment legally she could be pounded by boulders and bricks. And she's sitting there waiting for her death. And the Pharisees look at Jesus and they say, the law of Moses says we can stone her. What do you say, Jesus? They're wanting to catch him in a double standard. And Jesus looks at him and in this woman's darkest moment, Jesus says nothing. He doesn't accuse her. He doesn't rip into her. He doesn't expose her. Others already tried to do that. He bends down and he begins to write in the ground with his finger, the Bible says. Many believe he was writing the sins of all those guys that were standing around her. One by one, and they're reading it. And it says the, the older went away first. Come on, how many you know that the longer you live, the no, you know you got some junk in your life? <laughs> the older you are, you're like, I got some junk. The young kids think they got, oh, I'm good. I got it all figured out. Amen. They, and then finally Jesus gets to like the young, and he's writing it. And, and then it says that they all left. Jesus says, he who has no sin, cast the first stone. And it's like this mic drop moment. And he writes their sins and they all walk away. And then Jesus looks at her and he says, where are your accusers? And she says, they're not here. And he goes, neither do I condemn you. Stand up and go and sin no more. He, he makes this declaration. He makes this declaration that light destroys darkness, that we can go from darkness to destiny, that he's not a shark, that he's not trying to attack me and expose me and shame me, that he's actually trying to shine light into my world. Even as the world was formless and void and dark, he wants to invade your world today with light where it's void or where it's formless or where it's dark. And he doesn't want to keep you out of the light. He wants to rush and flood you with light. You don't have to be scared of the light. I just, if you could get that, he's not a shark. He doesn't want to hurt you today. We're going to worship in a minute. One more song, but if you do me a favor, would you stand to your feet with me? I want to do something today. I just want to do, do one thing. Pull, pull out your phones with me real quick. Just grab your phone and hold it right there. And I just want to, I just want to do a little experiment just with the thought of light. I mean, I think sometimes, would you just dim the lights for us? I think sometimes we think he's such a shark that we think he's coming to get us, coming to expose us. I want to do this. I'm going to just list off a few things. And if you've ever felt this way, would you just turn your light on for me and hold it up? If you've ever thought God was disappointed in you, would you just, would you just turn your light on and hold it up? If, you ever, if you've ever thought that, that God was, was mad at you or angry at you, if he was that shark coming to destroy you or expose you, Maybe you've been hurt by religion or, or people that represented God in a way. Maybe if you've, you've felt exposed or shamed by somebody like that, would you just light up your light right there? Maybe you felt like you didn't have value or you weren't worthy. Maybe sometime in your life you've been stuck in darkness. You're like, man, I just was stuck. I couldn't get out. Maybe you felt like you were formless and you weren't far enough down the road. Come on, church. Look around. And this is what I want to do today. I want to shame the devil with our light. I, I just want to expose his lies with light. I, I, I think the moment we are all honest, the moment we're all reeling here together, look around. You're not alone and you're not without light. You're not without God. He's not shaming you today. He's not exposing you today. And we've got the light of each other. We've got the light of the world. His name is Jesus. And he wants to shine light into every single area of our life. God, we thank you today that you are the light of the world. As we look around, Lord, we are together. We've all felt certain ways. We've all felt uh, empty or void or formless at times. We've all needed light. And today, God, we light up light. And we reflect you. You are the light of the world. We thank you that you made that declaration, an audacious statement, that you're the light of the world. 
And that if we would follow you, we would never walk in darkness. I pray today that someone's situation gets flooded with light. Come on, you're being formed. You can calm down. Don't stress. He's flooding you with light today. He's bringing value into your life today. You might have felt worthless. You might have felt like no one sees you or no one notices or no one cares about what you do or how you feel. God knows you. God cares, and he's flooding your life with light today. I pray that you would see it different today. God, I pray for those that maybe are sitting in darkness today that they would see a great light, not just a neat verse on paper, but, God, they would actually see a way out. They would actually be sparked with hope today. They would actually be be ignited with joy in life today. In this Christmas season where there's darkness or depression or fear, God, I pray today that you would shine light into their home, into their heart, into their children, into their family. That mom or dad right now, God, that are worried about their child, I pray that you would shine light into their child's life right now. Lord, things that are too too far beyond our control, Lord, just light it up. Lord, we need light. Lord, our world needs light. I don't know about all the money that we'll all have or who we'll marry or all the the different things that we'll do or the job we'll have, but I know this, that we have a purpose to reflect light, to shine light. Thank you, Lord, that we've received light today and that we've received it from you and that we're going to go out and be a reflection to a dark world of who you are. The world needs light, Jesus. We thank you that you've given us light so freely. Thank you that you're the light of the world. I just want to take another second, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here in this place and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need light. Maybe you walked with God in the past, but you know you're not walking with him. You've known religion or you've known church, but you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're not following him daily. You need light. You need God. Maybe you're carrying your guilt, your sin, your shame. The Bible says you can actually put that all on Jesus. He took it to a cross, died, and rose from the dead. Maybe you're here today and you're waiting to clean your life up before you give it to God. Like, I just got to get myself right. No, you don't. You can't. Jesus died. He did all the work. He went to a cross, died, rose from the dead. He crossed the universe, born in a manger to find you, to give you light into your own world, into your personal world. No one looking around, heads bowed with me. If you're online watching today and maybe you need light, maybe you need a fresh start with God, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me in a second. All across this room, maybe... Maybe you need to, to pray this prayer with me. I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you forward or anything like that. I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up to me in a minute. If that's you, you say, you know what, Pastor? I need a fresh start with God. I need light today. I'm stuck or I'm void or I need, I need a Savior. I need God. The Bible says this. If you would give your life to Jesus, if you would just surrender to him as God and as your Lord, you would get a fresh start today in God. If that's you, I just want to encourage you. Jesus did all the work. You can have your sins forgiven. You can have light in your life. And you can receive the power of life today to serve God and to walk with him, to be in the family of God. No one looking around. If that's you on three, would you just put your hand up to me? One, if you say, you know what, Pastor, I need some light today. I need the life of God. Two, I'm ready to actually surrender. I I need Jesus. Three, would you just put your hand up to me right now? I, I need a fresh start in God. God bless you. If you're online, just let us know right now. Thank you. God bless you, sir. Just type in, I need a fresh start. God bless you, sir. I need the light of God. Come on, church, across this house, people saying yes to Jesus. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you didn't put your hand up, put your heart up right now. Put your heart up online with me in this prayer. Let's just pray together. No magic in the words. It's just a simple prayer of surrender, a prayer acknowledging I need light. Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for sending your son Jesus into a dark world 
Thank you for the scriptures in Isaiah. Those that sat in darkness saw a great light. Thank you that we don't have to sit in darkness any longer, Jesus, because you are God and you came for us and you gave us light. We believe in you. We surrender to you today. We give you our life. We thank you for dying on that cross, for taking all my sin and all my shame, all my guilt. I turn from that stuff. Thank you for taking all my, my, my voidness and all my, all my darkness and, and taking it to that cross. Thank you for giving me a brand new heart. Jesus, thank you for coming back from the dead to give the planet light. We receive your light today. Fill us with your life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Come on, give God praise one last time. We're going to worship God. You guys are the light of the world. We've got the light of the world. Come on, let's worship Jesus. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.